Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So about Michael Jordan, how you gonna hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Hello and welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. And yeah, a good one. Uh, Chris has a uh, one of his brothers here with on the podcast today, so uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? My name is Brandon Christopher. Super excited to be on the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Like I said, man, thanks to Chris and Jason for extending me the invite, man. Avid listen to this podcast, and I think, man, this is one of the up and coming sports podcasts. It's dope, so let's get into it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Chris, your brother has a great voice. Like, (laughs) you can do some serious audio work. (laughs) It is, like, like, his voice is, like, legit. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because, you know, like, Jason used to do, like, the sports casting for the school that we went to. So he he would know. He would know. Wow. Hey, man, that means a lot. Yeah. Thanks a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, not a problem. <clears throat> All right, Chris. So, what are we, are we just gonna freestyle today on basketball? Yeah. So, I the, think the thing that we should really touch on today is <sighs> the Lakers. Six game uh, losing okay. streak. What about and and AD is back now. <sighs> Six game losing streak. They're thirty one forty seven. Yeah, they're he's back though. He came back. Oh, okay. So they're 31 and 40, I I saw 40, 31 and 47, and I think they're in, like in 11th him. place right now. They on a six game losing streak, and they're definitely not making the play in. There's mm-hmm. no way. There's no way. Yeah. Um. So yeah. just off of that, it's just it's been a terrible season as a Lakers fan, and as I mean, it, it, like the only good thing that the, that this mm-hmm. season could possibly bring is if um. As if LeBron wins a scoring title, like we said in previous podcasts, but I really don't see that happening because Giannis yes. is on the tear right now. Giannis is probably going to take yeah. that scoring title and the MVP this year. And, 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 uh, just to put my input in, man, as a, as a former NCAA scholarship athlete playing the game for 16 years, man, when I watched the, 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 the Lakers play, they missed the key components of teamwork and camaraderie. That team, the chemistry isn't well, man. I bet those guys aren't buying in the locker room, and it shows on the court, man. You know, a lot of things happen in practice, you know, in the locker room that's in direct correlation of why they cannot, you know, close games and win games, man. Defense is nowhere to be found. Everyone just looks lost. You know, LeBron, he he's he's damn near 40. You have to carry the team <laughs> yeah, still. Yeah, he's damn near 40. You know. 
AD, great talent, but if he sneezes wrong, he may tear meniscus, man. <laughs> so, so, so it's literally one of those things, man. I think those guys is missing, you know, chemistry with one another and also adding some more pieces. But I just can't put on the players, man. It starts with the staff and the coaching. So, yeah. And that opens up to what Jason wanted to say about Frank Vogel being a terrible coach. <laughs> yeah, I I think his lineups have been terrible for a while because it's just Absolutely. players that don't fit on the floor. I, I, I feel like they don't have an identity. I feel like Frank Vogel is this defensive coach, but they have an offensively talented team depth-wise. I mean, you got Melo on the bench. You know, you got Russ, LeBron, AD. Right. You know, Malik Monk, I really like the way he plays. Like, these, you could be an offensively focused team with guys like that. It's just they, they don't rotate their players well, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. That I feel like one NBA team that has – that chemistry mastered, and I feel like that that's a good point, is the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors play together 100%. 48 minutes every single, every single game. Yeah, 1 through 100%. 12 is completely bought in. And I feel like that's just, you know, some cultures and NBA coaches really know how to do that. So does Greg Popovich. You know, that yeah. there's some great coaches that have done been able to master that. But it piggybacks, you know, just showing, you know, the locker room culture, the culture that's in the biz- the building, which is in direct mm-hmm. correlation of why that team plays so well and why they go out there and execute every night. Yeah. Everyone knows mm-hmm. their role. Everyone holds themselves accountable. And those guys go out there and get after it continuously. So I really think that Golden State Warriors uh, are, going, are going to do well in the conference. And I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, if they win the conference or, you know, uh, what win the championship? I'm not gonna say win the championship, but I do see them as contenders. So yeah, yeah. I will also say the Memphis Grizzlies is another one of those teams that has great relationship, great communication, great camaraderie. Yes, I great, think, great, 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 great team right. there. Completely, that's a, one of the most complete teams I've seen in the NBA. Um, especially you know probably maybe even one through twelve, they're deep as well too, and they have a lot of young guys who who are really Absolutely. up and coming. Mm-hmm. And who have the, you know, who, I mean, like this, I know I'm the one guy who's like, oh, the Grizzlies have a chance to win it all. But I mean, that's just my thinking. I'm, I will say it. The I, Grizzlies have a chance to win I it all. I think they, and just to piggyback what you were saying, Chris, I think they, they were on a winning streak, even though Jay, Jay, John Morant was out, right? Yeah. They had Desmond, Desmond Bang was putting up big yeah, numbers. Man. Dylan yes. Brooke, I think is finally that back. Said, that says a lot, man. You know, you got, you got the star guy and you guys are still mm-hmm. able to put points on the board and win games. Yeah. You know, it just speaks value. Volumes the kind of caliber of players on that team and what the coaching staff has been able to do. And they look like they're having fun. That's another big Absolutely, thing. They look man. like they're having a lot of fun just playing the game of basketball. And yeah. basketball, you know what I mean? Even on the highest level, 100%. I know it's a serious game, but you have to be able to have fun. You know what I mean? It, 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 it shows through your play. You, you're happy with the guys out there. You know, they're joking around on the bench. They're having a good time. They're joking around on the court, even in the after. You know what I mean? The Charlotte Hornets, another team, look like they're having a good time. They're like, they're, you know, their camaraderie is really big over there, too. It's just that the Lakers are just missing that component. Besides the fact that it's basically LeBron and then the rest of the team. Like, they just – LeBron, here's the ball. We're going to get out the way. We're going to wait for I, you to make a move with it. I That's think, basically how it goes. I think, I think the Lakers are missing yeah. that component because you got a team of senior citizens on the team. Senior citizens. <laughs> Everybody on the team is a little older, man. <laughs> and another thing is they put too much faith in these 10-day contracts and into these G-leaguers. That's what's happening. Yeah. They don't have yes. any true back. Players. They don't have Stanley any NBA, Johnson, NBA players Davis. at all. The only NBA players are LeBron, 
Melo, and Russ. Everybody else yeah. is like is either a ten day or a G leaguer. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who got drafted. Yeah, I, <laughs> except for Austin Reeves. I I agree with what you guys are talking about the Grizzlies, especially when it comes down to John Morant. John Morant's one of those guys when when your best player on your team plays a hundred percent and just doesn't know how to turn off that switch. It is infectious. It's kind of like Jimmy Butler in Miami. Jimmy Butler literally does not take off a defensive possession. He's the best player on the team. Doesn't take off a defensive possession. Goes through everything 100%. And it is infectious when the star is like that. So that's part of the reason why I think the Memphis Grizzlies have such a good chemistry. Um, and it is rare for young guys to really have buy-in like that. Because usually young players in their NBA career, before they get their first big contract, they're trying to put up numbers. They're trying to right. make their own lane. It's really rare right. to have a team that has chemistry like this and is willing to um, step back. Like a guy like Dylan Brooks could probably try to chase 22 points per game, but he doesn't. You know what I mean? If there's just guys that could be trying to chase more, but they don't because they're sacrificing a little bit to be a winning team. And that, yeah. I feel like that's a really good point you guys brought up. It's rare to see a young team this uh, mature this quickly. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I'll still stick with my <clears throat> original thought that, you know, this is the type of season that we're having in the NBA where a lot of unknowns are in place. So the Grizzlies could win it. At the right match- matchup, yeah. they could run through the West, in my opinion. I think I think that could be a sleeper team, yeah. man. You know, just seeing seeing those guys play, how those guys go out there, go out there game day in and day 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 and night and get out there. You yeah. know, those 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 guys are brotherhood and those guys go out there and they go out there and expect to fucking win, man. It just to have that mentality, you know, you know, it spreads to the locker room and through the building, man. So I wouldn't be surprised if that organization, you know, takes the West, man. It's possible. I would not, would not be surprised, man. That, that's that's definitely one of my sleeper teams for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know in the West I'm not as high in the Phoenix Suns as everybody else, um, but it's just because I believe in the playoffs. Shot creation from individual players is more important because teams get more t- time to scout you. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. when uh, guys like Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, a lot of those guys really can't do anything other than shoot a three, attack a closeout. Does, they don't do much else other than that. So, uh, I'm really, I'm really high. I think the Warriors are one. The Memphis Grizzlies are two. In my opinion, the best two teams in the West for the mm-hmm. playoffs. Mm. Absolutely, that's fair. That's fair. I will give that. Yeah, because the only problem with the Warriors I have is the Stephen Curry problem. Is like, I mean, I know they can play and you know win and achieve high, you know, achieve at the highest without him, but he's that glue guy. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really special when you have a superstar like Steph Curry, who's your glue guy. Like, he really brings the team together. And we've seen that when he had, when Draymond was out, James Wiseman was out, Clay was out. He really kept that team together and kept them on a win streak. I thought that he got robbed because he definitely was the most valuable player of the NBA last season. Absolutely. Uh, and just to piggyback oh, what you said, yes, Chris, I think, yes. you know, I think uh, he's definitely a staple piece in that, in that team. Mm-hmm. But this, but I do think those guys can probably get it done without Steph. You know, I think, I think, it, I think if Clay heats up the right way, mm-hmm. you know, if Clay heats up, you know, Clay from a couple of years had 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 that ability to take over games. 
does. Clay, Clay, a couple years, 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 years ago was crazy. I'm pretty sure that that in the killer is is probably still in that. Hopefully, it's not laying dormant. But if it wakes up, man, I think that you know, without Curry there, those those guys can still be contenders, man. Yeah. One thing I will say is that Clay yeah. still does have that the, really the you know, really high score. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, he does have yeah. that really high score. Okay. Last night, I think he did have like a quiet 36 points. Like that's 36 points. Like we still like it's 36 in a, in a mm-hmm. win though. So yeah. Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Um, so basically, my thing is, I completely agree with the Clay Thompson take because. A lot of people forget the year the Cleveland Cavaliers were going to win that NBA championship. The Thunder had them down 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals, and Klay Thompson loses his mind in a few games. So that's just a way to piggyback off of your point earlier about Klay Thompson being able to win. I mean, you you it's, another thing is, is that a lot of teams play drop coverage, and they play the centers close to the paint. And the, the, the Warriors and the outside perimeter attack is just the worst possible matchup for some teams like the Utah Jazz. Absolutely. Uh, and the Suns. Yeah. The Suns are going to have trouble with DeAndre Ayton sitting in the paint. So um, it's they're, they're tough matchups for some, really, for some teams. That's because they're, they're such a long – they're such a um, – like like you said, just such a perimeter threat. Especially when – if like, okay, if so you have mm-hmm. all these guys – Jordan Poole is definitely coming into his own. He definitely – you know, I'm seeing – Maybe six man potential for him this year, six man of the year potential for him this year. I thought he should have yeah. got it last year, because um, he's really coming into his own this season for sure. Yeah. Um, he he's really really kind of starting mm-hmm. to fill in with the system, you know. Because the one thing the Golden State Warriors do better than any team is shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. They shoot the ball very well. Everybody from you no know, basically one through five, Draymond Green with his sometime, you know what I mean, when he wants to shoot it, but one through five can shoot pretty much. Yeah. Can shoot very well from the long ball. So as long as mm-hmm. they can still keep that somehow, you know, even if it's half of what Curry can do, they could still take over a lot of teams because a lot of teams are not prepared to try to defend from the perimeter as such. I mean, if you, every shot you take is from the perimeter and like maybe like okay, so maybe let's say maybe eighty percent is from the perimeter and you have Clay who gets high and he knocks down 100% of the shots from the perimeter, you have to worry about down low. So now you're trying to guard Clay, but now the you throw at everybody at Clay, and now your um, paint is open. Now that gives Draymond Green play, um, space to work. Now you can get Jordan Poole cutting up and slashing and being mm-hmm. and creating shots in the mid range. It, it becomes a problem because you can't you can't stop everybody. You can't stop, if you slow one down, the other person's gonna is the other person's mm-hmm. gonna drop thirty on you. So you have to pick your poison with the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely, and, uh, just, and just to piggyback what Chris is saying, man, I'm high on that kid Poole. I think he does show flashes of great eightness and what he can be. In his lead, you know, I think he'd be a threat. And uh, just, just like Chris said, you know, the, the uh, Golden State Warriors have done a phenomenal job at mastering their way of playing. Those guys are perimeter guys. Yes. The, those guys aren't going to get down and dirty in the paint with you. The, those guys are going to spread, spread out the floor and get paid on the outside. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I think another thing that the Warriors do so well is – they place they they really choose the right players to put around the great perimeter shooting. Like they used to have Iggy for a while. Why? Because you need yeah. people to attack the basket to make the defense respect that, and it's more space for a guy like that to finish. And now they have on Andrew Wiggins. Now Andrew Wiggins might not be the player that everybody expected him to be, but he's still a freak athlete. He's still a guy yeah, that yeah. can get to the rim on dunk on basically everybody. 
So um, they just they just put the right pieces around. They have a vision of their team, front office down, owner down to the coach, and they just execute at an extremely high level. And that's just what it is over there, man. Yeah. That entire team has really revolutionized the NBA because – you know, we've moved completely away, not completely yes. away, but we've moved away from like the inside, the year of the big man. Now we've moved into the smaller guard who can just light it up from outside. Oh. Every team wants to be mm-hmm. able to shoot a hundred threes a game and make 80 of them, every single team. But the th- but now yes. it seems that we're moving toward a faster paced game, a more skill paced game, especially when you look at the mm-hmm. Memphis Grizzlies, the way they play. They don't mm-hmm. play very similar to the Golden State Warriors. They have their own style of yeah. play. Jaw jumps out the gym. No. Right. And that gets their whole entire team going. Right. And now they're knocking down shots. You can't stop them inside. They have the inside-outside game. They have great rebounding with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson. I mean, like, they're 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 the team that's really going to revolutionize and push the NBA past its limits right now. Right. They're, they're that young team that really has it all. Absolutely. You know what? And since we're in the West still, uh, just just to slight, slightly switch gears, but I'm going to stay in the West, Donovan Mitchell, if he wants to win, he needs to leave Utah. Oh, yes, he does. If he wants to win, he needs to, you know, does yes. does I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be a great player in this league. And what he does on the court is phenomenal. You you talking about a guy that has great bounce, IQ, a guy that actually understands the game, you know, a guy that's a leader. And, you know, he he's one of those guys that go out mm. there and play 100% every game, you know. But yes. I think if he wants to win, which I know he does, uh, the guy has to leave Utah, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. The yeah, problem I, with me with Utah I is I agree with you more. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Jay. No, no, you got it. I'll go after you. Okay. Uh, the, I couldn't agree with you more because I've – it's been amazing. There's been a lot of Donovan Mitchell slander lately. Like this – this uh, pick aside, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell – well, I'm going to choose the guy who's actually skilled at the game of basketball. Not <laughs> I mean, Rudy, <laughs> like Rudy Gobert is 15 and 12 and can shot block at the rim. But, you know, he gets exposed by teams that can shoot at the perimeter um, in the playoffs because they just, you know, he's in drop coverage. And I just, it, it, you know, when, when you're Davion Mitchell and you literally are that guy scoring – three-level score at an extremely yeah. elite level. And it's just like that old Kobe phrase that Kobe used to be pretty famous about, why would I pass it to you when you don't work? Like, Rudy Gobert, like, you get in the post, he can't, like, he, he'll get switched on Clay Thompson and can't really expose him. Like, it's right. just, he's not skilled at anything. So, yeah. it's just, I couldn't agree with you more. Donovan Mitchell probably will leave because this team is aging so fast. Other than Rudy... Everybody, Joe Ingles, yeah. he's not there anymore, but Bogdanovich, you know what I mean? Mike Conley's really getting old. So, I mean, he was around in like 2005 or six. So, yeah. they've been, he's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah, I think uh, Utah lost when that was last night. I think last night. That, Did they lose that last, last night? Ga- that last game, I think they lost. And I just seen the frustration on Donovan's face, man. They you did know, lose last night. The frustration on his face, yeah. like, damn, he wants to win. And, j- and just to have that competitive mm-hmm. drive, that's, I know that center, man, he wants to win. And he, like, like I say, man, he's he's one of those guys that show up every day to work, and he's going to give it his all. So uh, just to piggyback on what, on what you mm-hmm. were saying, Jason, if he wants to win, 
Uh, yeah, he has to get out of Utah, man. He has to go. Yeah, he's definitely going to have to go. Um, one of my big problems with with Utah is that they're trying. I don't. I can't. I mean, I want to say they're trying to play like Jordan era basketball, where they're like, okay, we have one superstar and like a bunch of great. I mean, you know, like not great, but like you know, okay, mm-hmm. like pieces. He's mm-hmm. going to take us there. But even yeah. in the Jordan era, he needed Scotty. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. You can have a great talent in Donovan Mitchell, but who's yeah. his going to be his second? His second in command. You know, LeBron. I mean, like he he didn't win until he had Wade and Bosh. You know, Curry couldn't win. I mean, can't. I mean, I don't think he would have achieved the championship without Clay and Draymond. Everybody needs somebody. Absolutely. Why would they mm-hmm. believe that Donovan Mitchell is just yeah. greater than the greats of basketball? Yeah. He's just coming into the league. You know what I'm saying? Like a couple yeah. years ago, he's he can he's not going to be greater than the greats of basketball without the right pieces but, around him. But I also think that response responsibility falls on the front office and but the office doing the right things everybody. and putting the right players mm-hmm. around him if, if he wants to stay. Yeah. If you know that you have this kind of caliber of player, which yeah. is I think that Donovan Mitchell is a special talent. Mm-hmm. You need to surround around the right guys. Like minded guys, so you guys got a chance to go out there and win because man, that's a tough conference to be in, man. Oh, so, sure. so you want to go out there, win, surround them by the right yes. guys. So, it pretty much falls on the front office, man. Yeah, oh, big problem with the front office. Yeah, yeah, but so I, I agree, completely agree. Chris kind of read my mind, um, because Chris was saying that uh, Donovan Mitchell is. Uh, one of those guys that like, and then you brought up other players that needed other players. And I was thinking of Devin Booker. I was thinking of Donovan Mitchell's got, thank goodness he had this winning period of his career. Cause people, you know, if you don't win, if you're a star player, sometimes people don't think you can do it on the big stage. Like Devin Booker before the Suns became good. Yeah. People were like, Oh, Russell he's Westbrook. just a volume mm-hmm. scorer. Oh, it's yeah. Russell Westbrook, you know, you know, Trey young before he made his run last year in the playoffs. Like, is this this weird connotation that I hate in the NBA with, with that? And um, you know, I'm glad that he's already won, and I completely agree with you guys that, you know, I'm pretty sure certain Utah Jazz gave Rudy like a five year, 185 something ridiculous contract, and that's the front office's fault. Like you're giving like Draymond yeah. Green Absolutely. might get paid problem. half of that, and he is it. He's the best defender in the past five years. You know what I mean, in my opinion. And so, like, I, I I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Now, also, uh, you know, just to switch gears a little bit, uh, and like I say, man, I'm actually enjoying this podcast. And everyone out that is listening right now, thank you guys so much for listening, man. We appreciate you guys. Uh, just to switch gears a little bit, man. I was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys do not follow the basketball addicts on Instagram, please make sure you follow them. Reach out on all hey. platforms, social media <laughs> platforms, you know, just to get the message, man. But I was on Twitter, man, and I actually seen the debate going on between is John is better than Kevin Durant right now. Um, me, me personally, I want to know you guys take on it, and then I chime in. But J- J- Jason, can you start this one off first? I mean, I want to hear, hear your opinion on this. John is better than KD. Okay, I'm, I'm listening. Okay, this is, this, is, this is a good one though. This is definitely. I can good one. I've seen I the can same thing going on. see, yeah, I can see the 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 Giannis talk, 
But the reason why I'm going to go Kevin Durant is because Giannis needs the right supporting cast to be amazing. If he doesn't have the spacing, he can't really do much. We've seen it happen with Miami Heat when they used to build the wall and they really used to took away the paint. It was really hard for him to be dominant. Now, will Giannis still be 25-8-8 without great spacing and great perimeter shooters and shot creators? Yeah, sure. But we're, we're talking about KD who just because he wants to win chooses not to average 32 33 34 a night. You know what I mean? Cuz he if he wanted to, he can because he can get his shot against anybody. It doesn't matter. He can fill it up is just his size, his shot creation, his ability to any spot on the floor, he can dominate. Literally, he's one of the most skilled players of all time. And so I would take KD because KD uh, I can put him with anybody. You can put him on the Lakers. You can put him on Miami Heat. You can put him on the Bucks. He's going to be dominant everywhere. If you put Giannis on the Lakers, he does not have the spacing. So I, I'm going to go KD because he's universal. Um. So the Giannis KD thing is kind of weird because a lot of guys. Okay, so I'm gonna play. I'm gonna just play the middle for a second. So a lot of the reason why this debate even comes up right now is because Giannis has won all five meetings they've had this year. I think it's been five. All five mm-hmm. meetings they've had. He's basically owned Kevin Durant the entire season. And that's why a lot of people are making this accusation that okay, Giannis might be better than KD, but they don't look at the the whole thing. So here's the whole thing. So you have the Bucks and you have the Nets. The Nets can't survive without Kyrie and KD. But if KD goes down, Kyrie has it. If Kyrie goes down, KD has it. KD has shown us that he can win a playoff game by himself. So Absolutely. He has shown us that last Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And that's what and you know me, yes. I'm really, 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 really critical on Kevin Durant. But last year after I watched that playoff game, I had to mm. give him his respect. And I'm going to continue to do so because he's just a great basketball player. You can't compare the two because Giannis has not had a true second in command. So we don't know what it will look what the team looks like when he's not there. We don't know. They fall apart. Because I mean, unless you're just well coached and you play in a smaller team, like they play got lucky and played the Atlanta Hawks the one game he was out, and they got a chance to dominate a smaller team who didn't have a big. They had Clint Capella, but they had I mean the Hawks had Clint Capella. That's the only big they had. Who was basically getting beat up by Bobby Portis and um what, Brooke Lopez. Robin Lopez? Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Lopez, right? Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez. Like, we really don't know what the Bucks look like outside of Giannis. Right. But we know what the Nets look like outside of KD. Yeah. Kyrie is there. We know what the Nets look like mm-hmm. without Kyrie. KD is there. KD mm-hmm. really is the, is the leader of his team, just like Giannis is the leader of his team. But Giannis, I would say, may be more valuable to his team. But in the debate of who's better, KD is the better player because KD has KD can really mm. go on any team and dominate and become the and their team becomes the best team in the league. He has that LeBron effect right now. So, he, he's so versatile because mm. he, he, he's such a great. You could put him anywhere. He doesn't. Right. He doesn't necessarily have to be yeah. Giannis run jump dunk onto the Kumpo because it doesn't matter. He can shoot over anything, get his shot anywhere. Right. He also plays. He also is an underrated defender and a pretty underrated passer in my opinion. Absolutely. He he, he, can, he can dominate the game yes. in some of the facets of the game. But Giannis is, I'm not going to say he's one faceted because he started to shoot. So he's getting that that extra that extra game. I mean, he's actually, you know, 
bringing that extra game now. But there's two different players. You can't compare them right now, maybe scoring-wise, because Giannis is leading in the scoring. If you want to do that, if you want to put him in MVP race and compare him against each other. But impact on the game, KD has a more impact. Giannis has a better impact on his team. Giannis is a, is a system player. KD can go anywhere. Okay, so uh, I think you and you and Jason just hit on some really great points. Uh, I think you guys have similar opinions that I that I do, but I'm just a fan of Giannis, man. I think hard work pays off, and if you're you're, yes. you're looking at a guy, Giannis, that go out there and hustles every single play. Turn on the tape right now. The hard work, the relentless pursuit to every ball, every rebound, every possession. That 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 kid is going out there and giving it a hundred percent. So in my opinion, right now, Giannis is MVP, but he's not better than Kevin Durant at this moment. I think the arsenal of of uh of tools that Kevin Durant has is scary. We're we're talking about a guy that's seven foot that can shoot like Curry. Yeah, that also has handles like Kyrie. Yeah, and he can, and he's an underrated passer. And when he wants, he shows flashes of greatness on defense. Kevin Durant is a scary sight, man. I think that's a generational talent. I don't think we'll ever see anything built, built, built like that again. But I will say this: but I think Giannis is on his ass because Giannis is a hard fucking worker. He's he's one of those guys that go out there and get out there every single game. And he's so dedicated to his craft that I'm pretty sure over the years he heard a lot of slander about, hey, he's only a one-trick pony. He has really worked worked on shooting, becoming a better shooter and everything. True. But, you know, yes. in all the other facets, he has dominated, man. You're you looking at a guy that can dominate in the paint, a guy that's going to hustle, a guy that's just going to bring that extra fire to the team. So I think, I think he's a valuable asset to his team, but I just don't think he's better than Kevin Durant at this moment. But I think eventually he will be better. You made a great point. Valuable to his team, <laughs> KD. I mean, like yeah. Giannis is just. We don't. We don't know what this team looks like without him. We just don't know. We don't know what it looks like without him. It isn't pretty. I'm pretty sure it's not. He's he's, <laughs> he's the MVP of his team every mm. year. He this he has that LeBron effect right now. Mm, that's true. LeBron of 2008 and and before. He's like I'm not saying that. Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are a piece of paper and a water bottle. Mm. But, you know what I mean? They aren't gold. I would say they're more yeah, silver, maybe even bronze. Than... You know what I'm saying? He's got, they're not they're not on that level. Mm. Okay. And we're, we're looking at a team of, you know, a pair of pants and a phone case and a microphone and, like, a piece of silver and a piece of bronze. That's basically what they have, plus Giannis is, like, this diamond in the rough. Like, if he's definitely just really valuable mm-hmm. to his team. I don't see, I don't see this team without him doing anything. And as long as he's on that team, that team will continue to succeed. But Giannis can't go to a different team and make because the system's not going to be put around him. He's going to be put around scrubs again. Like that's the only way it's going to work. He he I don't see him working well with like another high talent, high value talent in the NBA. I think he would have to have somebody a little bit under him in order for him to be, be really 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 operate at the high level that he is now. I disagree. I wholeheartedly disagree. I think that that man I think the system he's in right now in Milwaukee is definitely geared towards him. But let's not take away from this man's hard work, his work ethic, and character. Oh, no. He's one of those high-energy guys. I don't care if you put him on any system. He may not flourish the way he flourished in mm-hmm. Milwaukee, but the hard work is going to be 
continue no matter what team he's on. Of course, the hardware is gonna be. Between. I think that's he's gonna hustle whatever problem. team you're on, not, but he may he may not have the same success. But my question for you guys: So, are you KD and Jason is Giannis, or Jay or Jason's KD and you Giannis? How <laughs> do <laughs> you guys who? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Who's most who's who's most valuable to the podcast? Listen, listen, listen. Okay, listen, 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 listen. listen. I'll, I'll I'll settle this for you. It's Magic and Bird. That's what it is. Hey. Well, I'm guessing he's, yes, he's sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It makes sense. Okay, okay. Okay, it makes sense. You know, look that yeah. that question was for the fans out there that's listening right now. <laughs> fans, I got you guys. <laughs> Magic and bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We bring. Well, there's some different things both of us bring to the table. I'm like very, very detailed, and Chris. Chris like really challenges my points really well, um, so yeah, I think we we just really fit well together. To be honest with you, um, one thing I do want to say though about Giannis, I loved one of the things you said, and I think it's definitely something that makes me think that even though Luca might have more skill, Giannis is probably going to be the better one of the two out of the next five years because the guy is religious on the working. Like he comes out of Greece, he doesn't look yeah. anything like what he looks like now. That body, dear goodness, he At looked all. like some thin sticks coming out in, like, 19. Like, he put on all that work. There's no way he had that handle. He has a really good handle, especially <laughs> for his size. And all that, you yeah. know, the spin move, the euro stepping. Like, you know, you, I completely agree with you. Like, he is a great example of a great worker. I'm sure there's been guys that are six foot 11, really athletic that don't hold a stick to what he's done in the league because he's worked tooth and nail to get there. So I'm really a hundred percent with that. And that's, I feel like that's something that's so hard to yeah, judge absolutely. for some, somebody who's trying to scout somebody. Um, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like everybody who's elite has that crazy, like Kobe, LeBron, MJ, like these guys are wired just different. They're different human beings. They're like great workers. The all, all the greats are great workers. Yeah. Um. So I'm yes. not taking that away from him. What I was just getting at was more along the lines that KD could be valuable to any team, and I just mm. think that Giannis is more valuable to his team. Now, this is what I got to push back at. I'm I do like KD's style of play, but I also see him. You know. He has the ability to to turn it off. Like as far as like yes. not go hard. Yeah, that's, that, that's what makes him valuable. He he can he like bit. like Jason was saying. Mm-hmm. Jason said that just like literally, Katie could average. He, he okay. Let's just be cut and dry right here. Katie is probably the best scorer we've probably ever seen in the past mm-hmm. ten years. That's just facts. That's just best facts. scorer. The best scorer. You've probably seen in the past 10 years. He's seven foot. He has a handle like Kyrie. He can shoot like Curry. I mean, like, what can this man not do scoring-wise? Okay, so now that that's out of the way, and that, that, that point has been made, KD versus Giannis is just that KD brings more to the table, I think, in that opinion, um, in that respect. Because I just think KD could go on any team and really have his way. But he he decides not to, because look at the Nets right now. Mm-hmm. Kyrie can go off and have 50, and, Ky- and KD can have 32, but KD can average about 40, 50 points every night. Because he's just that unstoppable. It's just that possible. But he decides to take a diminished role just because he cares about winning. Because he could drop 40, but then Kyrie doesn't get off like he needs to in order to win the game. Um, we don't have as many shots from um, 
from uh, Seth Curry. You know what I mean? If we don't have as many shots from Patty Mills, because he, he, he just has that ability to just take over a game. But we, every he can he can take that diminished role to let his, to let his mm. stars and role players shine. Arguably, okay. Arguably, every team Katie has played on, he has played on with players that are all stars. That that's all, true. That 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 all stars and may be in the NBA Hall of Fame. That's very true. So, is it yes. is it safe to say that the guys around him has made him better? If you're playing playing with those kind those kind of caliber guys, because if you're playing with elite players in the locker room, that's the chemistry and that's the culture to go out there and be elite. Exactly, and then I'm gonna let you go, Jay. The yeah. best thing that ever happened I, to Kevin Durant, and some people may hate when I say this, is that he left OKC and went to Golden State. That's the best thing that ever happened to his career. Mm. That's what made him the player he is right now. No way you just said 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 that on live air. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Wow, fans, do you guys agree? <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead, Jay. I would. Uh, uh, would I? I'd probably disagree with that. I, I think it was too lopsided for the NBA for a few years with the, him there. But um, one thing that's kind of interesting about KD. Uh, not, not for the NBA. Yeah, it was probably worse than the NBA, but is, for him, you, though. Yeah. Yeah. I completely understand what you're saying, trying to say, Chris. And one thing that was brought up that was pretty good that I liked is KD is probably the most efficient 28 ever. 28 points per game. But he 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 has this kind of odd thing in his brain where he likes to play the style of basketball that he wants to play where he doesn't really have to like really try to go out there and score 40 when his team's not that good. Like I, there's a lot of times when Kyrie's not on the floor where I'm like KD you should be a lot more aggressive in these situations and you did bring up a good point where he can kind of turn Absolutely. it off. Well, if, if he's not doesn't feel like the lights are really bright enough or if it's like not a great moment he does kind of you know sometimes I think there's you know the MJ the Kobe those guys are like him phenomenal scores but they had no off button they had to have the off button beaten to their head Michael Jordan right. had to go in the NBA for like six or seven years and Phil Jackson have to beat in his head that other people are actually open on the basketball floor. Now, who wins more? Who's more productive than winning? That's the debatable question. People are going to have different answers for that. But I personally would lean a little bit more to the guy that soaks all the living ounces of possible points and impact that he can have on the floor. And I think KD is not really that kind of guy. you know. And so I, I think he's more like a, a natural deferrer, too. Like He likes to have Steph there. And, you know, other guys there that are leaders. He's kind of just, like, not – he's he's not like LeBron where he's just, like, I'm an amazing leader. And MJ and right. Kobe where they're just ridiculous, like, alphas in, in in the pack. So I feel like that's a good point brought up. You know what I mean? So that's that's something interesting about KD. And, uh, and no disrespect to the listeners that's from Wisconsin, but Wisconsin is in Miami. It is in Los Angeles. It snows. It isn't a beautiful place. It isn't, you know, a spectacular place. Rain, sleet, hella snow. I know what I'm going to get out of Giannis. Yeah. Effort. That's Effort. True. Every single yeah. game. I don't care. I don't care who those guys are playing. Each game, I know I'm going to get effort from Giannis where times where I've seen KD play. Any 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 drop ten points, 
eight points. I've seen those games. I've seen those times. I'm not taking. It, I'm not trying to diminish his talent, but sometimes he does take the black seat where mm-hmm. where Giannis is more on top of things. He doesn't take the back seat on his team. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. The reason why Giannis doesn't take the back seat is because he can't. Uh-huh. Yeah. He honestly can't. Has Kobe ever took taken the back seat? Has, has Mike ever took 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 the back seat? Has LeBron no, ever took the back no, seat? No, no, well, yeah. no. Yeah, it, it, it can be like argued. It can be argued. Elite players that never took the back seat. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. And Scotty is not on the level of Mike, so it, that's different. But I'm saying that the, the here's the big thing is that. When, okay, so Kyrie and KD are two of the best scores, you know. And when they had James Harden, that was like a three. That was like three of the best scores in the league at the point. Sure, Jesus. But Giannis can't take a backseat because Chris Middleton may or may not produce. Drew Holiday may or may not produce. If he takes a back, he can't take a backseat to ten points. He can't take yeah. a backseat to twelve points. Yeah. He can't take a backseat to fifteen and ten. He can't take a backseat to that. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a different team. That's why I'm not diminishing Giannis at all. Oh, I will not do that. He's a superstar in his own right. He's one, he's a great player. I can't I can't do that. Mm-hmm. My big thing is that he's more valuable to his team than he would be to the NBA. Because he wouldn't he wouldn't I mean I don't see him necessarily fitting anywhere else because he's perfect for that team. Mm-hmm. He's perfect for that team. He, it allows it okay, you can hide Chris Middleton all you want until Chris Middleton feels like, okay, I'm gonna drop 30 tonight. Like you can really do that with Giannis on the team. You could hide Drew Holiday until he feels like I want to, you know, drop 15 and 15, mm-hmm. 15 or 20 points because Giannis is going to show up every night. The players on his team do not show up every night. We, okay. we Chris Middleton is the most inconsistent player. Drew Holiday is consistently inconsistent <laughs> to an extent except for on the defensive end but offensively he's inconsistent Chris Green Middleton defense. is inconsistent the only person the only consistent thing on that on the Bucks team is Giannis Antetokounmpo he's most valuable to his team mm-hmm. Giannis and Wisconsin ha- having crappy weather is the most consistent thing that's in uh yeah so guys just uh, to switch gears a little bit I know I know you guys got itinerary but I want to talk about this this is one of my favorite players in the league, man. This young guy here, uh, phenomenal talent, and he jumps out of the gym. I'm really big, big, big on this guy. I think he's going to be a future superstar in our league. Uh, Anthony Edwards, man. Ooh, I like that kid a lot. Yeah, mm. I like the, his 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 upside and what he brings brings to the game, and what he's been able to do in Minnesota has been amazing to see, man. I think. So what's 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 you guys' thoughts on Anthony Edwards and do you see the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, doing anything this season or any any uh time in the future? Do you want me to go first? Chris, you want to go you? first? <laughs> I, I guess I could go first. Uh, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead. The, the, sad, the sad thing, the sad thing is that the talent is there, yeah. right? Cat. Top three center in the league, obviously, number three, but top three center in the league. You know, Anthony Edwards has the potential to be a top three best shooting guard in the league. And he has star potential, and uh, and D'Angelo Russell is a really good three on a championship team. But I I worry about the fact that I just don't trust the Timberwolves as, as an organization at all. I think they're one of the worst run organizations in the league. I think they've shown it for a very long time. I think the fact that you have three guys on one team that you – they can all have bad games, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, a cat, and have 60 combined. 
and they're like the sixth seed. That's because they just yeah, don't know yeah. how to build that's, a team. That's crazy. And I just don't trust the organization. Be, the reason why I don't trust the organization is because one thing that I'm I really think it's an ownership problem because I, I guess holding against them is they ha- Kevin Garnett and them have such a bad relationship that he is not going to let them retire their number. His number. He is the yeah. greatest player in Timberwolves history, and he got treated so poorly by the the organization that he's not going to let them do that. I just they just they just don't seem like they really have a winning culture. It's going to be one of those situations where it might be one of those what if stories where you're like, wow, this team had so much talent, but for some reason they can never figure it out. It's because the organization doesn't know how to build the team. Um, now they, you know, if they get one good piece in their front office wise, maybe they have a chance. If they get a good GM that's like, okay, these guys needs role players who are star in their roles and build a team around them correctly, then maybe they become good. Or if they get a head coach that's like, man, I have the system. I have these ideas of how I'm going to use, you know, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell and the pick and roll and all these posts and all these different things I could do. If they get one key piece, I could be wrong. But, you know, the chances are low with that. So I, I agree with right. the talent. I just disagree with the organization. Great point made, Jason. Great point. I would say I will, I'm more on Jason's side with this because I think that the Timberwolves could, even though they have a little bit more talent than the Utah Jazz because they have Cat and they have D'Angelo, it could become a Donovan Mitchell situation with Anthony Edwards because you have a electric guy who's you know scoring who's basically who's like he's he they're trying to make him the face because they're pushing him out in front of everybody right. they're trying to make him the face of the organization he's a high level scorer you know high level guy high energy guy but it just turns into the fact that it's just a poorly run organization they 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 suck at putting the right pieces around these guys. Like there's no way that the Minnesota Timberwolves shouldn't be a top team in the West with what you have, what you what you have available to you. The problem is that they, they're, they're giving Kat, D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards under six foot guys in a league where everybody's like six, seven and up right now. And they can't defend a lick. They can't really do anything outside those three. And it's, it's just become a big problem. That's yes. why they'll continue to lose until, until they really have a culture, sh- a culture change in Minnesota. Front office need to be fired. Everybody there needs to go. Mm-hmm. Owner probably needs to sell the team at this point and give it up to somebody else who can put the who can who can really maximize the talent. You have the talent. It's sleeping right now. Uh, wow, that was a great point, Chris. I agree. I agree with. I agree with the both of you guys just said. Uh, and just and just and just to elaborate a little more, I think it pretty much falls on the front office and the coaching staff. You have to. You have a great yes. team. Well, well, you have a young team that has the potential to be elite. And be great, just like you guys mentioned, yes. Edwards, Cat, and Russell. Yeah, that starts on the that start that starts in practice. That starts in the locker room. That starts in planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You know, in summer in the workouts, so these guys can go in there and expect to win games. I just don't see that consistently night in and night out. Those guys go out there and win. I think mm-hmm. the stigma in Minnesota is that, hey, we suck. So if we do a above average, that's okay to our fan base. It's not a winning culture there, and it's evident yeah. when I see those guys play. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're like they're like four, no, three, three and D wings that really know how to like how to do their role and play defense. Jay Crowder yeah. away from being a legitimate team. Um, you know, even you, Chris, you brought up a guy, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder goes there. They're an NBA championship level team. Like, if they get a good coach over there, that's like I, I can like the reason why the Jazz have been so great for the past five years is partially because Donovan Mitchell is partially because of Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder is one of the most underrated coaches of the NBA. So it's just it's do they get lucky and get one of those guys that can either build a team or really coach you know put the players in the right positions. So. We'll see what happens. Right. Yeah. I love the watching. They, them, they definitely so much look fun. at yeah. GMs and they look at coaches because whoever the coach is over there, he's he's terrible yeah. right now. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way he he still has a job. <laughs> There's no possible way he still has a job. Is it is unless they just don't care about it. They just don't care about winning over that's there. That's front office. And uh and sis, and I, I just want to move the con the conversation of the forward. Uh, whoever, uh, for our avenue listeners right now, if you, if you, if you have a brand or product and you want to shout out on this podcast, please feel free to click the link in bio, send us an email and we will make sure <laughs> to come at you guys. So yes, for sir. all promo, anything, you know, just send us an email, DM, and we're going to take care of you guys, uh, going <laughs> forward, man. I want to know, Dane, I'm not, I want to know you guys thoughts on James Harden. I know this a little old, but James Harden going to Philly. Me, I want to open up first with this one. Me, me, I just want to go ahead and go at it. I think this game of basketball is predicated off what have you done for me lately? Winners are always recognized. James Harden (laughs) is a scorer, Uh great ball handler. He's not a winner. He doesn't win games. He hasn't won a championship. When when it's all said and done, if James Harden does not win a championship, I think it's going to put a dent on his NBA le- legacy, and he had never reached that status of elite player if he doesn't win a championship. Hmm. That's interesting. That's an interesting take on that. As in, go ahead, Jay, because I know you got a different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... I think that, you know, his he never. I, in my opinion, I don't think he really have a, a talented enough team to win an NBA championship. When you're facing against the Warriors, especially when they had KD, and that's when they were really good with CP3. Um, yeah. But I I think that there is a point to be made that James Harden's not really the kind of guard that's like great 
ball control, possession control, where he can make turnovers late in the game that cost teams. I've, I don't think that's an unfair point at all. Um, and I, I do think, though, that Joel Embiid and I, James Harden, I love the fit because I really believe in the duality of that perimeter shot creator and the great interior force. It's just going to stress out NBA defenses. It's just you can you could scheme all day you want to, but you're not stopping those two. And Tyrese Maxey fits well into the core, and they have a guy that you can throw against everybody. In, uh, uh, not Tyrese Maxey, uh, Matisse Thibel. He can guard anybody on the floor that's not a forward or a center, and uh, they yeah, just have enough shooting. Thibel. And Tobias Harris, I really like what I. Yeah, I, I really think that they're a great team. I really love the way James Harden fits there, and I'm a big James Harden fan, and I. I guess there's a lot of players, in my opinion, that never really won an NBA championship, and I I don't really I I think I think people's players should be judged off of what they have done in, in you know in their time. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, I'm gonna have to plug in my laptop one second. Well, you guys go. Yeah. So. Oh man, this is kind of a hard one because I really don't like James Harden that much. I really don't. So when he left, I was like all against it. You know, I was I was against it because I was like, when are we going to stop pandering to this guy? You know what I mean? He did the same thing in Houston. He stopped playing, gained weight, and forced his way out in Houston. Then he stopped playing. Start complaining, start crying, and force his way out in in in, in Brooklyn to, to that's the his team. character. Man. That's his character. That's, his character. that's not a winning character at all. Um, at all. I mean, like I understand, like the part time. You know, I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to play the part time player. But if you're such, if you're a great scorer, you, you're supposed to overcome that. You're a great player. You're supposed to overcome those things. You know what I'm saying? So even at KD, I mean. KD didn't have a problem with it, you know what I mean? Right. They even took on Ben Simmons, and Ben right. Simmons is possibly the worst player in the NBA right now because he hasn't played a single game. He is averaging zero points for the season, zero rebounds, zero steals, and zero blocks. That's what Ben Simmons like, and they took him on. They actually welcomed him in with open arms. Right. And, you know, so I don't see how as a – I mean, I, w- I don't even know if this is a person or if this is just a player aspect, but I just don't believe in James Harden because of just because of how he – treated how he treated organizations he really grabbed them and gripped them by the nuts and made it forced them to turn him to, to trade him it's it, two different organizations right. and when are we going to stop doing this we have to stop pandering to this man cool. we have to stop giving him everything he wanted there's one thing in history and i'm like, history is the greatest teacher in history mm-hmm. i'm not saying that james harden is hitler but in history hitler was given everything he wanted <laughs> and eventually he went to war wow <laughs> that, that's a very controversial comparison, mate. <laughs> At this point, we're going, we're, going, we're going to take a quick TV break. <laughs> a really quick TV break. Okay? Oh, Chris, you're playing with fire. Uh, <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to get us canceled, huh? No. For history-wise, history-wise, for all my history people out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They gave him everything he wanted, and he still went to war. When are we going to stop giving him what we want? You have to eventually fight the monster. You can't keep giving the monster what they want. I think I think it just shows Chris that we are in a different time of basketball now, and players yes. have more leverage, you know, to do what they want to do. But I think James, I don't mind James Harden, you know, move, move, 
you know, having the leverage and moving the way he wants to move. But if you're going to move in that kind of capacity as if your shit don't stink, you have to go out there and produce and, and, produce and win a championship. If you're not producing, you're, you're not winning. You should not be so much of a prima donna when it comes to things like that. Going off um, James Harden's play, uh, guaranteed Kobe Bryant is rolling over, is rolling over in his grave right now. That's controversial. Seeing, seeing, That's seeing controversial. his play. That's controversial. That's controversial. Kobe and the basketball gods is not okay with James Harden style style of play right now. And what you don't he's think doing. So? And what he's doing. He ha- he hasn't won, man. He, okay. he hasn't won a ring. Jason, I know you're di- I know you're sticking on this stuff. Uh, not about guys, you know, shouldn't be judged off wings. I say fuck that. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> I think guys guys should be judged off rings. What have you done for me lately? These guys go train, draft, all season to bring a championship to their organization. Yeah. No no one wants titles, all that. No. You, you got to think about the bigger picture, which is championships and winning. And I think whatever team that James Harden is on, that organization wants to bring a championship to that city. And that's what the fans deserve as well, too. Before I pass it off to you, Jay, I got something to say real quick. It's the same thing that's happening right now with Russ. Russ gets in the interviews with the reporters, and they're talking about how bad of a game he has. He's looking at him like, do you know who I am? History should be the history should be able to tell you that I'm a great player, but I'm just having a bad game right now. Do you know who I am? So it's the same thing. I, I would uh, disagree with you. I don't think that should be predicated off rings because if it's predicated off rings, then we can't throw LeBron in the greatest player of all time because he only has five. You know what I'm saying? So like we can't we can't do that. So I wouldn't predicate it off rings because I believe that there is something more that the player has to offer. He has to make the team better, elevate, you know what I mean? Um, score at a high level, show more than just okay, because rings is just anybody can win a ring. I mean, how many rings does bench players have? Are they the greatest players of all time? Ben Bill Russell has eleven. If he if this predicated off rings, Bill Russell should have the greatest player of all time. He has eleven. No, not um, not I mean to cut you off. I don't think it solely should be predicated on on rings, but I think that does play a factor into a player's eliteness level. Not necessarily because Will Chamberlain does not have eleven rings. Bill Russell does, and Bill Chamberlain is technically the better player. And we're going to go on a quick TV break again because I just got schooled by Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one player that immediately jumps to my head is Allen Iverson. Nobody will ever say Allen Iverson doesn't have rings. I view him differently because we saw Allen Iverson jump on the floor every game, every night, yeah. give you 100%, and take that terrible team with Dikembe Mutombo's old-looking butt yeah. and get swept by the Lakers in four. Yeah. I mean, when you squeeze every ounce that's possible to be had, that's where I would disagree. I would, I would agree. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head, but if there's a lot of potential there – and that the great player didn't lead it, then I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I feel like James Harden always maximized what his team could be. Pre-Chris Paul, I mean, that team couldn't do much. I mean, Chris Paul, they get to the Western Conference Finals. They push yeah. KD, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green to se- to seven games, right? Before, when Chris Paul got hurt. Yeah. Chris yeah, Paul got they pushed him to seven games in the Western Conference Finals. So I-, I feel like if you squeezed every ounce possible, then I, that one I would disagree. Uh, but I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head that was like, this is a great team, this is a great player. It didn't work out for some reason. And, um, you know, I, I, I do think that, man, who is somebody like that? 
I'm trying my best to think off the top of my head, but it's not nothing's coming to me. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would disagree. Jason, and while you think of the player, I just have to say this: you guys mentioned AI and Will. Mm-hmm. Those guys are ringless. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Will has it. No, 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 Will, Will has, has two. Will has two. I think. Well, it's two. okay. Yeah. So AI, that's a different time in basketball. Now these players have more leverage to go to different teams. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, these guys have more leverage. You know, hey, I want to go play elsewhere. I can do that. So I think James Harden has been to three different teams, and that's why I got my foot on his neck because he's been to three different teams and has used his leverage and his star power and still hasn't won any games. Well, LeBron changed the culture with that. LeBron was LeBron changed the culture for that. So this is the pushback I have for the both of you guys. Although you guys mentioned AI, right? Mm-hmm. That's a whole different era of basketball. Going from team to team, team that that wasn't a trend back. That wasn't a trend then. Mm-mm, I used to but, with it. And I'm not. I ain't taking. I'm not trying to diminish anything that AI did. I think he's a phenomenal player, and and he is one of the goats for sure. He's one of the goats mm-hmm. for sure. But a guy like James Harden, man, who has been in multiple teams, who have had great talent on his team, and like I mentioned before, everyone on James Harden's team. Is potentially an all star, a top seventy, a top seventy five, hundred player, and or Hall of Fame. There you go. So yes. and he and he and and he hasn't won a championship. Man. Yeah, he hasn't won a champ. You have you had Kyrie, Katie, and him on the same team, and you could come out of the East. I got pushback. They were hurt. They were hurt. Exactly. They were hurt. Horse. All right. They were hurt. They were hurt. Actually, James Harden and Kyrie was hurt. And that's when I gained respect for KD. for KD. Was that game he dropped 49 mm-hmm. points. KD, you had KD, Harden, and Russ. I thought, they, I thought those guys were young. That's not his fault. I thought those guys are young, right? Those guys didn't win. I'm a big, I'm a big critical guy of, of James Harden. That's not his fault. That's front office fault. They split them up because he didn't want to, they didn't want to pay James Harden. Way too soon. They didn't see what he was going to be. And when he what went to, and as soon as he got traded to Houston, it was instant. See what his value was instant. They immediately saw his value and was eating sour grapes after that because they had to deal with yeah. Russ and KD, and KD eventually left. Yeah, uh, the guy that I was that I, I got to is Dwight Howard when he went to the Lakers, where it's oh, like, yeah. you know, he goes to, goes with Kobe and Steve Nash, and it's like, uh, you didn't produce there. Something must be off with you, Dwight, with winning. So that's the only person I was really able to think great of. Great example. Great example. And I, I just want to move the goalpost a little more, mm-hmm. right? Push the conversation forward. Uh, Dame. Dame? Dame's gone. Dame's gone. In my opinion, Dame is leaving. Gone. If he doesn't leave, it's got to be something to leave. If, he if, wants- if he's leaving, if he doesn't leave this season, I mean, not this season or maybe even the offseason or however it may go, Beginning of the next season, it's about the money. It is not he's, about winning. If he does not leave, it's about. I want to say he's, he's a Carmelo player. I think he. I think he's showing similar patterns that Carmelo showed. Yeah, because yeah, you know Dame got in league, got in his league in 2012. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's a decade mm-hmm. into the league. Yeah, I think that Melo career is similar like this, and we see Melo is a great player, but at the end of the day, man, as as a competitor, me being a NCAA scholarship athlete, man. No, no matter, no matter how, how many stats we have, no matter how many accolades, 
We want to win, man. Yeah. We want we want to bring a championship and a ring back to the city. So I'm pretty sure if Dame, if it isn't based on money, uh, I think he should leave to win, man. Yeah. Because yeah. that front office has failed him for a decade to get the right pieces around him. If he does leave, consistently. If he does leave, it's about money. It's the Carmelo effect. Carmelo really was like, I got gold medals, but you ain't got no rings. You don't have anything to show from mm-hmm. your career besides, you know, you didn't get nothing. You were in the league, and you really chose money over winning. It's literally evident. You chose money over winning. I mean, one thing that I think could work out is I would I would trade Dame for AD. I would do – I think AD fits the timeline better of Portland. AD might be the better player when he's healthy and playing at his best potential. Absolutely. But he's not always on the floor. Yeah, you know what I mean. Dame's Dame's on the floor all the time, other than this one ab injury that he had right. this year. Yeah. So I, I and the perimeter shot creation ability at Dame is just so perfect of a fit with LeBron. We saw that kind of player with Kyrie, where he was just so skilled and so tough to stop with a guy like LeBron on the floor, who's able to make you know three through twelve better um, on the roster. And you move Russ, and you you can trade him for. I don't care, you know, Robin Lopez. It doesn't matter. <laughs> get him off the floor so you have space for Dame. Get the, get the salary in there. Bring in some players, you know, with that $44 million that Russ is walking around with. Yeah. And then they can win there. I feel like there's a lot of teams where Dame, Dame, Dame needs to be traded. Portland needs to do the right thing because they do not have anybody over there that's old enough to become winning by the time Dame – you know, it's still amazing. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Anthony Simmons is great. Yeah. But is he ready to be on a championship winning team? No, he's too young. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Brandon Boston is good player, but he's a rookie in the league. He hasn't defined who he is as a player yet. He's not ready to be in an NBA champion. That's just not going to meet timeline wise. So if I'm, I'm Portland, I'm moving. Uh, for his own good. For sure. Uh, well, I'm, s- not mean to cut you guys short, but I gotta run. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank, thank you guys so much for ha- having me on this podcast, man. It was a great mm-hmm. conversation. The Basketball Addict is a podcast. I let you turn on the regular, and and, si- and since I am mm-hmm. a guest, uh, for the listeners out there right now, whoever shares, retweets to their retweets mm-hmm. to their Twitter, shares, comments, subscribe to the YouTube, whatever, man. Uh, I will ran- randomly select a winner. And it will be a cash award via Cash App. Just, just drop your Cash App tag in the comments, whether it's YouTube, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, whatever platform you listen to this. I will randomly choose a winner. And thank you guys so much for having me on. Oh yeah, no problem, man. Yeah, thank you for being on. Yeah, no yeah, problem. It was fun. Yeah, no problem, man. <clears throat> All right. That's good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was a nice little surprise. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh man, and there were two. Uh, yes, sir. Man, this was one thing I'm dying to talk about. What's up? Duke UNC. Did you watch it? I missed it, but I saw like highlights of it and poor Coach K. <laughs> I mean he gotta be proud mm. of his guys. But damn uh, Jay, do you have the sour grapes over this? Is that what was crumpling? Are those sour grapes? <laughs> You have to, you have to understand, Chris. Like, Coach K is like so much of my childhood is just Coach K. Cause like Coach K, 
I'm like four or five and I'm living in North Carolina for like a year. And I think that's when Duke basketball got ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. Duke, boy, I was not an NBA super duper fan other than watching the Cavs until getting a little older. I was a college basketball fan. Yeah. I was a Duke fanatic. Didn't miss a game. I love Coach A. I love the way he is. Like, a, he's a good human being. Like, he's a good soul. He touches everybody that with everybody with a positive impact. I mean, I've read his book. Like, it is. It's so sad. It's so sad. This because it, it's one of those moments where Chris, these moments are gonna keep on coming for a while. We're gonna watch LeBron pass pass by. Yeah. And then more of our childhood. Like our childhood is walking away. Like I grew up with Coach K. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up with, you know, one of the greatest college coaches, one of the, a guy that was connected to a different era when like he grew up, he was one of his biggest rivals was Jimmy V. Jimmy V was really great with the NC State in like the nineties. Yeah. And they used to go at it and but you know, there's so many great stories that Coach K has and it just it feels like so much of my childhood is just like passing by. Yeah, it's sad. It really makes me sad. Like, and, and I really wanted them to win the national championship. I wanted it to happen, and for them to lose the UNC. Oh, yeah. It's like storybook ending, though, for for him, though. Like, yeah. like losing the UNC. Um, one thing I will say is because you know, like, I'm not as big of a college basketball guy as you are. Coach K is. What is to college basketball is what I mean is as what uh, Greg Pop is to NBA basketball. Yeah, they're on the, they're the, those are the those are very similar guys. Um, they really inspire the guys they have in order to win and maximize their talent. And forever he'll yes. be ingrained into college basketball history because I think he's the winningest coach. I think he had like over a thousand wins, right? Yes. He's winning his coach in college basketball history. I think that Coach Pop will probably go down as the winning his coach in um. NBA history as he well. Is. Oh, he is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he did that a couple years ago, actually. Right? He did it this year. He did it this year? Okay, yeah. So, yeah, same timeline and everything. So, I feel like I can agree with the sentiment that our youth is passing us by. Um, we're seeing a lot of our childhood really go. I mean, like, for instance, you know, top of last year, we, you know, we lost Kobe. That's our childhood. You know what I mean? That's a big yeah. thing. Um you know, and then next we'll see probably see Coach Pop retire. LeBron's almost forty. How many more years do you think you're gonna squeeze out of this man? I mean, when he retired, what would the NBA look like? There'll be no we won't see LeBron on the court anymore. Like that'll be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I it's crazy to think that a guy like Kai is like probably thirty. Yeah. Like I remember him rookie year, like having this playing against the Boston Celtics when KG was still there. And yeah. having that one great finish to win the game, like and being like, "Wow, Kai is so special." Yeah, and it's just you know, it's 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 gonna pass because you know one of our greatest memories is always gonna be 2016 for sure, always. Yeah, and you know most of those guys are getting close to being out of the league. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Kai after Kevin Love and and LeBron leaves. Yeah, RJ. You know, RJ's on TV, JR's retired, Delhi's probably out, out of the league and probably playing in Australia. Like, you know, who else? T Top's in a rotational guy now. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. How much time is flown by and how the, you know, now that I think about the men, the Warriors keeping everything intact is pretty special, too. 
Um, one thing that I w- found really interesting from like a scouting perspective is, you know, even though I hated the fact that North Carolina was dropping bombs, there's a guy that was really impressive, Caleb Love, mm-hmm. shooting guard, point guard, six foot four, reminds me a lot of Darius Garland. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to be like a second round draft pick, but after he's losing, he's lost his mind in March Madness, and he has the games in the regular season to back up that it's not just him getting really hot. So you know he he made a lot of money, and nobody's made more money than him in in the college college college, college basketball March Madness. Yeah, Caleb Love, Caleb Love, North Carolina. It's somebody we should be looking out for in the draft, huh? Maybe he'll get moved up. Yeah, he's in my lottery right now. Yeah. But you know, Jason has a really good eye for those things, so. Mm. Jason, That's my special. Yeah, Jason should definitely draft for teams. They should. Okay, listen out, listen out their NBA teams, okay? Listen, it's the only way I will ever give away my partner in crime, Jason. If you guys hire him to. If one of you NBA teams hire him to draft for you. That's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way. Other than that, we are stuck with the basketball addicts. Figure it out. That's on period. <laughs> oh my gosh. And no yeah, matter what. It's... Yeah, it was a beautiful game though. Like it was back and forth competitive. It was it's it's sad though. It's sad. I mean, it was really odd that they didn't shake the hands. Duke players didn't shake the hands of the UNC players. I don't really know what that was about. I'm really surprised that's not really the way you want things to end for Coach K. Yeah. Um, and another thing that's fi- I found interesting, uh, kind of a little different thing about scouting is there's there's something I really just want to talk through with you. Mm-hmm. So there's this guy, Sheldon Shaden Sharp. He was the number one prospect for the 2023 draft class. Mm-hmm. And he's been sitting on Kentucky's bench, not on Kentucky's bench, not letting, not playing for Kentucky for the this past year. Mm. And you know he's an interesting prospect, but we talk a lot about you know Giannis, these guys. I have to play. Yeah, a guy chooses to sit out for a year. Did he register? How much does he want it? No. Yeah, he didn't register. He wanted to practice. He wanted to practice with Kentucky and not play the games and go into the draft. What? Yes, it's one of the most weirdest things I've seen. He, it's one of the weirder things I've seen. Can I comment? Yeah, go ahead. Um, what is his name? Shaden Sharp. Mister Sharp. How bad do you want it? Is the question. No. You yeah. you you go through all of this in high school. To get drafted mm. to a storied, you know, program like the University of Kentucky as of late, you know, you know that they they produce, you know, first round talent, and instead of playing and showing us what, what you can do and showing the scouts what you can do, except for just in the because they don't know what they're going to get into once they give you a workout. Yeah, you just he's going to surprise everybody. Surprise! surprise! It's me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you going to do, sir? It's come on yeah. now. How, how, yeah. how are you just going to practice? If you practice, but you're not going to get in the game, are you hurt? If you're hurt, that's different. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dish you if you're hurt. But if you if you get play and you're able body to play, don't be a don't be Ben Simmons. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I because 
you know, I like listening to a lot of, you know, NBA players talk about basketball and stuff like that. And I've been listening to Kevin Garnett's book. And one funny thing that happened that kind of hits this point home for me is in practice when he was with the Boston Celtics when they had an NBA championship winning team mm-hmm. that year. In practice one day, he sat on the floor because Doc Riggers wanted to pull him out, but he wanted to keep on working on switching on Eddie House. Yeah. Because Eddie House was tearing him up and giving him the business. It was really beating up at him in the pick and roll situation, and he wanted to figure it out. And then he got done pouting, and then he goes to the sidelines, and you know what he does? What? He watches his backup, Leon Plo, play Eddie House, and then he does what he's doing on the sidelines and mirrors him and watches from learning him. That's how wired these guys are. Yeah. The top one percenters. And to see a guy that doesn't want to play, it worries me, is he really that kind of guy? Yeah. So, you know... I have a bad feeling. One thing that we have mentioned, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. One thing that we did that we mentioned is that the greatest basketball players, the greatest basketball minds, they work. They're great workers. Great, great workers. And it shows on the court. But you can work all day in practice. But we don't know what you can do on the court. This isn't the AR situation. We're not talking about practice. We're talking about a game, sir. We're talking about a game, mm-hmm. not practice. A game. Yeah. You got to get it together. I mean, like, are you going to... I mean, like, who's this... I mean, like, I, I wish you all the luck in the draft. Maybe you'll shut me up. You know what I mean? You don't even know. Maybe not even care mm-hmm. who I am. But from my perspective, it's just... It doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. Yeah. You're, are you, yeah. If you want to be in the top 1% of basketball players, which every guy... Everybody... A, 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 you know, they... A, they in their mind they they think they're the greatest basketball player ever. You can't go into any sport not thinking yes. that you're the best ever. If you want to be the best ever, this is how yes. you have to carry yourself like the best ever. You have to be one of the greatest workers. You have to have the, one of the greatest work ethics. You have to have the Mamba mentality. These are these are things that you must possess. But we're not seeing that in practice. We don't get to see practice. I'm sorry, sir. We don't get to see practice. Yeah. N- not a, not. Yeah. We're talking about a game, not practice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, that definitely really bothers me about him. He 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 remind he has the upside of Bradley Beal though. That's where it's really odd. Yeah, it's a lot of perimeter shot creation and skill that you can see. Okay, I understand why he was the number one prospect coming out. It makes sense. But he has but, to play. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. Hopefully, really your dreams come true. But if not, I mean, we'll yeah. be back and hopefully you play next year if that's the case. Yes, go back to Kentucky. Go prove me wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's a guy doing this right now, Amani Bates. Amani Bates isn't getting a ton of playing time because he's really thin. He's not developed yet. Yeah. But he's playing for Memphis. He's at least trying. You know what I mean? He has that competitive energy. So, you know, I. It, it, it's tough to read, but, you know, the one, one cool thing that I also listen to is. Uh, I was listening to Gilbert Arenas' podcast, and he was telling a funny story of when he was at the draft combine, and uh, the they asked him, what do you want to be uh, in the NBA? And he said he wants to be an international pimp. <laughs> um, and it was a lot more thought out than you would think. Apparently, he was doing it to see, to show everybody when they asked him again, what did you say? He's like, he doubles down and he says, I want to be an international pimp. And 
The reason why is he wants to show everybody else that he's not going to back down when he's pushed, mm-hmm. right? And you start thinking about these things, and like he was talking about how different people would react, and like and people who would say, "Oh, I want to be one of the greatest players in the draft. I want to be the greatest player of all time." And then that be, he said, "Oh, that's why Kobe would turn around and look at that person in the same draft." And I was like, "Who who's thinking exactly like me?" Yeah, you know what I mean, like. That mentality is real. The people who really verbalize, they want to be the greatest of all time at blank, usually are top tier. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a great example of that is Giannis. Like, Giannis was nothing like what he is now. May have been athletic coming out of Greece, sure. But the handle, the body, the the skill, that's all blood and sweat and, you know, hours, endless hours. So... Yeah, these these guys are just wired. Yeah, wired human beings. Yeah, and you have to be wired if you want to be, you know, among if you want to share the same court that had that legends have graced. You have to be like that. You have to be in the top one mm-hmm. percent of workers. You have to be. You have to be like that. Even if you, you know, yeah. even if, even if you're top one even if your work ethic, your greatest effort gets you on the bench, you're an NBA player. Yeah. There, there are a lot of guys in the NBA that have Gerald Green. The, the fact that that guy has that kind of hops and never developed any other skill and could have been such a great player. You know, I hate to call a guy out like that in a podcast, but there's no way he's grinding like the top tier guys. Yeah. No. No way. I can't accept it. Not when you have all those athletic gifts. No. 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 So, you know, there's, there's some guys in the league that just like, I am so gifted. I am so tall. You know. I'm long. I got a great wingspan. They might not have the want to. You know yeah. What I mean? So, you gotta have the yeah, want. It's yeah. a unique. It's a unique thing, Chris. It's a really unique thing. Uh, yeah, I said uh, maybe he needs to go back. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he needs to go back another year, figure it out. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Chris. Yeah. I mean, a guy that I, I, I. The only guy I've seen coming out of the draft that was like, I really want to be the best player in the league, it was Jalen Green coming out. Jalen Green verbalized that type of stuff. Yeah. Every interview that I saw, it was like, this guy, I want to be the best. So, you know, Jalen Green. Jalen Green. I think he. I think he's going <laughs> to turn that corner next year. Yes. He just needs to put on some muscle. Yeah. And the team needs to give him the ball more. They're not letting him. They, they don't really let him get enough shots up in my opinion. They'll have to revamp that offense. Give him a little bit more time. Yeah. Let him develop. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. March Madness has been. It's been really great. Um, you know, UNC versus Vill- uh, not Villanova. Kansas is going to be a really good game. Uh, I have a feeling UNC is going to win because they just have, you know, that feeling of that if factor on their side. Uh, and honestly, like, what do you think about this NBA season? Like, who, who do you feel like really has that it factor on their side? Honestly, mm-hmm. Memphis. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Memphis. Memphis has it. And I. I say that, and I said I'll say it. I said it, and I'll say it again. Memphis, this is the kind of NBA season where it Memphis could go, could steamroll 
he could they could steamroll the play the the Western Conference in the what in like wrong matchup and they're taking it off. They're taking off. They're going right through it because I don't I don't see a team that's better. Yeah. Yeah, I I personally would go with uh, the Warriors. I just feel like they have it. They They've always had it though. To be that's true. That's 100% true, Chris. It's a, it's an easy answer. Yeah. They've <laughs> always had it. They've always had it. But I'm saying, like, as of this season, who's really like, okay, yeah, we're here. Get used to it. Memphis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Memphis is going to be that Penny Hardaway Shaq team where Jordan was like, we got to beat these guys now. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to dominate the league. I mean, not, you know, not um, Jordan. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Hakeem. It was like, we got to beat these guys now because yeah. if not, they're going to dominate the league. That's what Memphis ha- is right now. You have to beat these guys now. And I don't see you crushing them at all. <laughs> you may get a win, but you're not yeah. going to crush your spirit. Not the way they, were, are, they are right now. You're not crushing them. Yeah, I feel like this year is a weird year where... Not many teams completely changed after the All-Star break. I mean, the Boston Celtics won more, but I don't feel any different about... Usually, there's a team that's just, like, really clicks mm-hmm. and they're figuring out things. Like last year, the Atlanta Hawks, you know what I mean? They were yeah. really clicking. They were figuring out things defensively, and they became more balanced. And, you know, this year, it's just, like... It's going to be a year where you're going to have to wait until the day... The bracket comes out, and then you're gonna have to go from there. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be interesting too. I got Memphis going all the way. I'm sticking by it. With the uh, I'm gonna cross my fingers on uh, Jamal Murray coming back first. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I. So I've been looking at the draft a little bit lately, and there are some scary good fits, like. You know, Jabari Smith, the junior, or Paolo Bancaro for the Houston Rockets or the Orlando Magic, respectively, either one, mm-hmm. makes both of those teams scary. Because then the Rockets have Jabari Smith, the Jalen Green, uh, what's his name? Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, and Alperen Sengun. And that's a good team. Yeah. Then the Magic have... Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner, Paolo, or Jabari Smith, Mo Bamba. And that's a good team. Yeah. And another super scary combination is, dear goodness, if Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham can pair, oh, Christopher Muhammad, the Detroit Pistons will become an NBA champion level. That's an NBA championship level one and two legitimately because they would fit so perfectly well together because Cade's this like slow perfect operator I'm efficient you know but he's not hyper athletic uh Jaden Ivey is Jaden yeah. Ivey's the fastest guy in the draft the quickest guy in the draft the most athletic most vertically gifted like all of it six foot four perimeter shot creator finisher at the rim good passer like dear goodness Chris it would be instant five seconds Dear, like, you know, I'm not big on Chet, still not big on Chet. There's a lot of people moving up and down my board after that. But, man, the Jaden Ivey with Cade Cunningham. Seriously, that is 
That's like Luca playing with. Luca playing with. And actually, Kate's not going to be as good as Luca. You know, but. Yeah. It, it's it's like a great combination in the NBA. That's like Donovan Mitchell and Paul George. It's like these two are scary. And they do different things. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know something funny. What? <laughs> there is a San Antonio Spur player. If I've ever seen him, <laughs> who? There is somebody that has a name that sounds like Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jovic. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Moves smoothly. Passes well. Has a few good. You know, I can get to some spots and make some shots. It shoots the ball at thirty-six percent. It's like he is screaming out San Antonio Spur. They love their efficient basketball. They love their players that can pass but are not super dominant scoring the basketball. It's just it's just like there's some teams that just have perfect fits and the you know they don't really divert from that. And uh you might as well just pencil it in now. Nikola Jovic is gonna be drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. And they're gonna have another high level NBA championship role player with no NBA championship stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, I don't know why, you know, the let let's just call it uh you know, the Chicago Bulls, the Boston Celtics, like the Boston Celtics already did this. You why don't you just trade for the San Antonio Spurs players? Because you know they're high-level role players. Yeah. Like, that's all they do. They got 12 of them over there. <laughs> <laughs> they might be starting for them like Doug McDermott, but, you know, on your team, that's a good shooter. That's a good <laughs> role player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even guys like Kata Bates-Diop, nine, defends, shoots threes, doesn't do anything else. <laughs> like, it's just, just like, it's, it's the whole team over there, man. It's crazy. The whole team over there uh, is, is just a high-level role player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they draft well. You're right. They, that is a Spurs-esque player. <laughs> they, would, they, they would definitely pick him up with the quickness. <laughs> yes. Like, like Kyle Anderson coming out of college. Like, he was such a San Antonio Spur. Slow, 6'7", point guard. And he's gonna go to San Antonio because he passes the ball well. He's positionless. He's a role player. <laughs> that Spurs, I mean, that Spurs, a uh, high-level passing game they have over there. Perfect fit. <laughs> <laughs> Who's scoring? Nobody knows. Ball <laughs> 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 wins game. <laughs> Beautiful ball movement. We're just. We're just gonna pass the ball for twenty four seconds. It doesn't matter if we score. <laughs> that is literally the Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> Who's taking the shot? We don't know either. <laughs> Greg Popovich is taking shots at the end of the twenty three seconds. Right. <laughs> the ball, Greg Popovich. You guys can't score anyway. Right. Is Tim Duncan here? No. Mono here? No. Tony here? No. I can just be fucking weird, you know, crazy if I want to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's a collection over there. They collect them like I collect knickknacks. 
I'm an old lady, Chris. <laughs> Not an old lady. Yeah. Dude, no, no, no. It is bad. Every, every every time I get a chance, bro, I hit up the local thrift store and I'm looking for knickknacks. You want to see the... Uh, wait, 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 wait. You think I'm kidding. This is, show me a knickknack, Jerry. Just, just show me a knickknack. <laughs> it's completely off topic. Just show me a knickknack. I want to see one now. Because he, he's like, I can like knickknacks. Is that what all of those were? Those were knickknacks up there? This has to go on Instagram. Yes, post this, post this, post this, clip, this, clip this and post this to Instagram. I have to see. They have to see your knickknacks, Joe. They gotta see your knickknacks. That's it. Post it. Say, clip this and post it to Instagram. They have to see your knickknacks. Look at this right here. This is some old lady shit right here. Look at this. It's it's really great decor. I got the decor. Marble <laughs> elephant. I got the marble elephant. Yo, you got balls. Look at this. I got them in different colors, you know. You had to get more than one, of course. Oh, you better believe I got these eggs. I got another one that looks the exact same. Bro, like, I, w I was like, I'm matching. I got a plate collection back there. I, I see kidding. it. <laughs> I got, like, five plates, and, like, three of them are, like, these flowery plates because I think they're cool paintings. Like, literally, it is extremely bad, Chris. <laughs> it's the art guy in you. It's the art guy. Yes. Yes, it's so bad. <laughs> it's the art guy in you. If you didn't know, Jason <laughs> makes art. He What's the, um, what's the, uh, the artist that you made? Is it Jackson something, or? Jackson Pollock. I Jackson like Pollock. Pollock. Yeah, he, he makes yeah. Jackson Pollock as paintings. So, yeah. he's the artist. They're really yeah. good too. Actually, I have one. Yeah, mine at? Hold on a second. I'm gonna grab mine. It's an addiction. It really is. There it is. This is my Jackson Pollock. This is my original Jason Collins. <laughs> this is Jason Collins. Red and black. It's my original Jason Collins. <laughs> Hold on a second. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's bad. Do you have anything odd like that that's just like really bad that you really collect or really really can't stop? Yeah, it's dope. Yeah, I love this. But no, um, no, I don't. Actually, I don't. I don't have any. I don't collect anything. Oh man, I'd be. I, I it's it's a thrift shopping thing, man. I love thrift shopping and just trying to like find something that's like I love this. It's like five dollars. <laughs> Well, Jay, I don't know if you agree or not, but I feel like this is just a natural stopping point for it. <laughs> but I have more knickknacks. <laughs> Come on, come back. Okay. Well, you know. Peace out. It's...